Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, bonus edition of the podcast. We're sorry if we confused you all. We had to flex things from Thursday to Wednesday, basically. So yesterday, you listened to the EWC recap with Drew Skyberg and Robert Chimmick. That was a beautiful episode talking about both boys and girls basketball, and they're a good combination of everything as the girls are halfway through the season. But here today on Thursday, we're talking both the college football playoffs and all the other bowl games that took place. We're not going to sit here and talk about each and every single one of them. I don't think we even watched half of them, to say the very least. But we've got some good ones to get a deep dive into. And once again, we've got Johnny Tim back on the podcast. I'm Jordan Lorenz with Drew Skyberg as well. Johnny, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. It's always a pleasure to be on the podcast with you guys. And, you know, we're just finishing up the college football seasons. So, we have, I'm sure we got a lot to talk about to top it off. Yes, we do. I was going to ask you guys real quick, two things before we get into the bowl games. First of all, do you think the college football season gets dragged out for too long because there's such a long layoff between the last game of the year and then the bowl games? Because I feel like it's three to four weeks even before we get that first semifinal game. Drew, you can go first. Well, I, the whole idea, you know, is putting it during times where the people can watch. And I think, you know, kind of using the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you know, the holidays as kind of a way to market, you know, your bowl games, your big games. I like it, and I think I think the way they do it, you know, is, is here to stay. So, Johnny, what do you think? I actually agree. I mean, the college football bowl setup is just perfect. I mean, the first week in December is when most conference championships finish up. Then there's obviously the Army-Navy game, which is always exciting. And then, like, maybe a week later, you have the lower-level bowl games and ultimately leading up to the granddaddy of them all and the New Year's and then, obviously, the college football playoff. But I think the committee and just college football in general has a perfect setup for the bowl game. And, yeah, it's three or four weeks when the season ends and bowl season begins, but it gives teams time time to prepare for their – Very, very true. And it's also one of those things where I feel like even if they did – move the season back a week or two, you could do it. But at the end of the day, like there's nothing like the new year six where you get all those bowls and then the new year's Eve bowls. I mean, it really is something else. So good points brought up there. And now my next question here, I was looking at the ACC commissioner. He was talking about how absolutely not, they're not going to expand the playoffs, but a lot of people are complaining because the semifinal games never seem to be close. We saw it again this year. Both of them blowouts. Time and time again, we're seeing the one and four seed and three and two seed not in competitive matchups. It just doesn't happen too often. And my thing, Drew and I are both pretty much against an expansion. I know we could go for a little bigger, but 12 teams, I think we both agree on it, is way too much. And I just, Johnny, my question to you right now is, at the end of the day, wouldn't an expansion in your mind, I don't want to ask a biased question, but in your mind, if it went to eight or 12 teams, wouldn't you think that leaves even more room for upsets and just more one-sided games in the first few weeks before we get down to the nitty-gritty? I definitely agree with you on that. And although it would bring some, I guess, more competitive spirits to other conferences, because obviously the SEC tends to dominate more, I do feel like with the way they have it now, with just four teams, it really gives one a sense of like, these are what the big dogs play for. Like the college football playoff is not meant to be easy. It's not meant for every team to get in. So although we've seen many blowouts, it's been like for the first few rounds for the last how many years, I mean, it, that's just the way it is. And I mean, going forward, I'm sure like things might switch up, but I mean, the way they have it now is I 
don't see a problem with it. It's all about how teams prepare for it. Yeah, Drew, um, what are your thoughts? Going, going with that, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with the four team. And the most I, I say I would do is like six. And I hear me okay. out in the in the six man kind of thing. We get you got those top two teams. Top two teams get a buy. I think would be the way you do it. And then you go three and six play and then four and five. And then the one, one plays the lowest or the highest seed remaining, if that makes sense. Like, so like if the six seed NFL style, yeah, I, that would be the only, you know, way I would see, you know, adding two time, adding only two teams. I think if you go any more than that, I, I don't know. So I I'm cool with the four thing too, but that would be my only suggestion. And I'm not saying like four. The six team is better than the four team. I still think I prefer the four team, but that would be my my suggestion, you know. Well, now we're seeing it this year with the NFL too, where they added some teams and now we got the whole seven nonsense. And then not a whole lot of these games are close in the first round either. So it's almost like a lose-lose situation. But and even if you did expand to six, then I'm sure there would be a lot of consideration as to who gets the one and two. And that would cause chaos about one team getting screwed out of getting a bye. But you can't please everyone at the end of the day. And that's really all we have to live with. At this point in time, we're sticking with the four teams until 2025, I believe it is. And that's when the contract can get renewed to expand or something like that. But let's talk Badger football, kind of do a little season recap for this team real quick. Nine and four on the year. It was a team that had so much potential coming into the year. No one knew what to expect. We knew that we had a good defense, but then we had our quarterback, right? And we're like, what are we going to get out of Graham Mertz? Who are we going to see? And right out of the gate in our first game, we ended up losing to Penn State. And I think that was a big indicator right away that this team, they might not be top four. They might not be making the playoffs. They could still make a run for it. After that 16 to 10 loss, they rebound winning 34 seven. But then the heartbreaker comes the next two weeks, losing to Notre Dame 41 13, a game that was so close. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame just pours it on. They had like a 30 point fourth quarter or something absolutely ridiculous like that. And then that loss to Michigan, 38-17. No shame in that as Michigan went on to finally beat Ohio State and make it to the playoffs. But, Drew, my question to you is, Wisconsin rebounded well, they did good, and then they end up losing to Minnesota, falling short of making it to the Big Ten championship game. They win their bowl game, which we'll talk about shortly. But at the end of the day, the Badgers finish with another relatively disappointing season. Yeah, and you could you could say you know the start was just a disappointing part. Overall, ends up this team certainly should have been in the Big Ten championship game. They should have won the Big Ten West. You just got to get a win at Minnesota. They couldn't do it. And you can point to some other games at the start of the year. You know, a Penn State one was certainly one where you're kicking yourself right now. Um, especially, you know, I, I like to. I don't want to play the blame game here, but you know, Graham Mertz under center which certainly was an issue for this Badgers team this year. They had one of the top, if not the best, rushing defenses in the nation. And when you have that, you know, classic Wisconsin-style defense, you just – and you, you had great running back play, you know, out of Gally Braille and Allen. You should be able to, you know, perform with at least, you know, with, with some success. And having Graham Mertz under center, you know, it, it, was, it was certainly tough to watch sometimes. Ten, he finished 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Not really ideal there. I mean, he threw for almost um, – 2000 yards and just the one thing with that you know a guy like Alex Hornibrook I think would have not to say I mean he wasn't great either but like I think he would have gotten the job done I think he was good enough to get the job done Mertz wasn't even good enough to really get to that big that big 10 championship game and 
I, I don't think they beat Michigan. I, I think they lose by, you know, maybe two, three scores, but I think, I don't know. I just, it, it's certainly a frustrating season for the Wisconsin Badgers. They ended it on a win though, but should have been, should have been more, I think. So that's my, that's my take. Johnny, I know you're a big Badger guy. So what were your thoughts overall with this season? It's just one that, like, I mean, I agree with Drew. Probably Big Ten Championship game would have been, wouldn't have been close. But if you're getting there, you're doing something right. And they couldn't even get there. They could not win when it mattered. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I had high expectations for the Badgers this year. I mean, uh, the big game was obviously Penn State's, but zero offensive production. <laughs> we learned would come for the Badgers. But although their defense played great all year, with the exception of a couple games, and it wasn't really until, uh, early October in the Illinois game when Braylon Allen finally emerged because he had only played in two games prior to that. So really he had that one eight game stretch of a hundred yards plus, including going for 228 against Nebraska and then Minnesota, he just hit a wall, but ultimately they found what they need, some pieces they need for next year. And although they didn't have the most successful season, they nine and four is like nothing to sneeze that. I mean, they're just, teams all over the Big Ten that envy that every year. And the Badgers, I guess, consistently come away with some sort of a good record. And now they have a lot to look forward to going into next year. But I think the biggest thing is keep up the good work on the run defense. And Graham Mertz, um, I, he's got a lot of work to do this offseason. Well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. One thing I really want to point out, you know, we, we talked about Braylon Allen, him emerging to the scene. We really saw that happen when, you know, Wisconsin, they dismissed Jalen Berger. He was one of the running yes. backs with, with Malusi and, and Allen. And w- when that happened, I looked, that's, that was October 10th. And we see then if we go to the schedule, just looking at it, that's when they, you know, they beat, they beat Illinois 24, nothing. That's kind of when the, this, this team got hot is when they, they got rid of, I'm not saying it was Berger was, you know, but I just, that, that point, you know, when he got dismissed, it seemed like that was a turning point when, cause now it was like Braylon, Braylon Allen was given, you know, more of the offense, basically more carries. And when he got more carries, it looks like it translated to some success too. And I mean, they had some easier opponents, but certainly a turning point. And Berger, go ahead. They did it. They did beat the top 10 team in Iowa uh, on Halloween weekend, which is, I think was very impressive. They do have, and although I wish they would have beaten Notre Dame and Michigan and all these tough opponents, they do have some notable wins to look back on this year. I think if they would have won that Notre Dame game, the season could have been completely changed because that was such a deflating loss with how that game finished. And we talk about this defense. Half the time it was Graham Mertz's interceptions and stuff that turned into points. It's not like the defense was giving up a whole lot. It was pick sixes. It was fumble recoveries. I mean, just giving teams short fields. And do you guys remember, is Berger going to Michigan or Michigan State? He's going to some other Big Ten team. I will check. I'm not sure. I'll mention real quick, though, while you look at that, we are losing a lot of key players next year. Kendrick Pryor, senior. Danny Davis is a senior. Those guys gone right there. Huge receivers for the team. And then also Jake Ferguson is gone as well. So, Johnny, I mean, we're losing key players. Obviously, we've got Braylon Allen for the future. But what are your early indications as to what you think we're going to see from this team next year? Because if we don't really make a change in quarterback, I don't know of a whole lot changes, but Braylon Allen can only get better. It's not like this defense is going to plummet and just get a lot, lot worse. Yeah. And like you said, the loss of the receiving core is definitely going to be 
a negative impact for this Wisconsin team. However, we did see a little bit of emergence from Jack Dunn. He's the really short guy, 5'7", but just pure muscle. He's I feel like he's got a lot of potential. And um, Looking at their schedule for next year, they have Illinois State to start the year, which, I mean, FCS school should be a win. Then Washington State and New Mexico State, but a big game I'm looking at is Ohio State, which is which will open up the Big Ten season, and that's at Ohio State too. So that'll be interesting. However, four big games like that, the Badgers have to figure themselves out offensively outside the run game. And those lesser opponents don't always help either, because sure they can get your confidence up a little bit, but then when you end up playing a team like Ohio State at Ohio State. That can be a rude awakening, to say the least. Drew, did you figure anything out? Michigan State. Okay. I knew it was another Big Ten school, so that's an interesting transfer. Yeah, for sure. They don't play Michigan. Oh, they do play Michigan State. Yes. So that would be – that's at Michigan State. So. It's and we stadium. also don't know – yeah, we don't know what kind of role he's going to have with the team either, but I would assume if he's going there, he's going to have some sort of role where he's actually participating and getting out on the field – and doing things like that. We'll talk about the Badgers bowl game here next, but Drew, did you have anything to say about next year for this team? What you think is going to happen? Well, I, I think, you know, them having a good defense. I think that's just, you know, that's just how it goes now. I think with the, with like Jim letter, you know, having, having him as a D coordinator is so key and just the way they're able to bring in recruits. I want to point out, they got like the AP Wisconsin high school football player of the year from Franklin. He committed to Wisconsin. So, not saying he'll be taking Mertz's spot, but you know, it's something to just certainly keep an eye out in the years to come. He's he was a phenomenal player this year for the WIA state champ Franklin team. So just keep that in mind. I mean, it's worth a change, right? If maybe he shows up in the practice and he's doing something good, throw him in there, see what he can do. You never know. So now let's take a look at the bowl game, December 30th. It took place. Badgers beat Arizona State 20 to 13. They only won by a touchdown, but they dominated this game. They were up 20 to 6 at the half. That is when I went to bed because it was like 11 o'clock. I mean, this game started at 9 30. It was very, very late. Worked the next day. I was very pleased to see they only allowed a touchdown in the second half. Didn't score, but they didn't need to because of the explosiveness from the one and only Braylon Allen. 29 carries, 159 yards. Had a carry for 43 yards in this game. The next leading rusher had nine yards. So that just goes to show how much they relied. On Braylon Allen, Graham Mertz himself, 11 of 15, one touchdown, one interception. That interception came early on, I believe. But, I mean, still 105 quarterback rating. That's not bad at all for this guy. Only 137 yards, but it was an efficient 11 passes. Jake Ferguson led the way, 3 for 33 with a touchdown. Then you got guys like Mark Allen, 1 for 31. DK, 1 for 30. So, Kendrick Pryor only had one catch as well, but... Kind of a tough way for him to go out. And as for Arizona State, their quarterback, he's a two-way guy. He led their team in carries and yards, 19 carries for 40 yards, and he was 11 of 21 from behind center, 159 yards and one interception. Daniel got 11 carries, 23 yards. He had their only touchdown of the game. Drew, we'll start with you. Badgers get a win in the bowl game, and it was just Good to see him end on a high note. Graham Mertz relatively efficient, and Braylon Allen continuing to go off as his season correctly. For sure, and I was able to opposite view Jordan. I watched mostly. I watched most of this game, and mostly in the second half, I watched. I watched the later stuff, and it kind of sucked for me, as we know. Wisconsin put up those twenty in the, only the first half, so I didn't get to see any scoring. Uh, but 
yeah, you're, you're kind of right. You know, Mertz, um, he played okay, and that's all he needed to do. And at the end of the day, that's kind of all you ask from him. Throw 15 times, complete 11 of them, and that's what he did. He threw a pick, which is not ideal, but, hey, when you got a guy like Braylon Allen and you got that offensive line, 29 carries, and, yeah, for 159, certainly guy Wisconsin is grateful to have for years to come. And, yeah, talking about that defense, then, you know, that linebacking card, you know, like Leo, Leo Chanel, um, having him who – Put up yet another great game. He had nine total tackles, four of those being solo, one sack, and then a tackle and a half for a loss. So he's certainly a guy, you know, it's going to be sad to have to see him go. He was an All American this year, I believe second team. So certainly, you know, one of the best top players on the best defense. So he's been, he was such an asset to, I'd say, to this linebacking core. You know, Jack Sanborn's another one, just an excellent, excellent linebacker, smart guy. Both those guys go go down as that. And, yeah, the defense the defense kind of won them this game here. Defense and running, kind of a common theme we've seen all year. And that's that's I'll wrap it up with that. So, Johnny, what do you think? I'll have to agree with you, Drew. Honestly, the Wisconsin defense won them this game. And, honestly, Arizona State's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, he he gave me a scare off the bat because dual-threat quarterbacks aren't exactly Wisconsin's um, – Strong suits. They tend to give up a lot of yards through the air and on the ground, dual threat guys, but they contain them fairly well for the most part. They often put spies on them. And yeah, like you said, great game overall by the defense. Braille and Allen, although not getting the end zone, ran all over the place. And hey, that's seven of the last eight seasons ending in bowl wins for the Badgers. So yeah, it's great fun and dandy, but I'm hungry for more. I want the playoffs. That would be fantastic going forward, but take what you can get. The Badgers would probably be on the opposite end of a big old blowout in the playoffs. But even if we got there, that's all that matters. It's like we made it to the Rose Bowl all those years. We might not have won them all, but at least we made it. Now we're just stuck winning all these just – they're lower-end bowl games. That's really all they, all they are. But win is a win. They're winning the bowl games, and that's what matters. Paul Christ has a great record in bowl games, so there's that at least. So any other Badger comments from either of you two, or is it time to move on to our bowl game prediction challenge and we can read the results? Let's go to the bowl games. Prediction All right, challenge. let's do it. So, Jerry Valeski, co-host of Journey to a Million, which will air tomorrow on January 20th, episode 6, Drew, or 7? It'll be the 21st. And yeah, 21st, yes. Episode 6. Yeah, it's getting up there for you guys, which is great to see after coming off a Saturday episode back to the Fridays. Now on the 21st, that'll be Jared Valeski won the bowl game challenge. He went 27 and 11. He was in the 99.7 percentile, which is a thing of beauty as he nails the challenge did very, very well. We do just have to mention Caden did finish at the bottom. He was telling me, you know, he likes his college football. He knows what's going on. And that kind of cost him a little bit this year as he was now 16 of 22 finishes Ouch. with a losing record, the worst record finishing in 25th place. Devin Argyle near the bottom as well, 18 of 20, but he did better than Caden. So that's all that matters. Now, this is where things got interesting. We had ourselves a three-way tie for second place, and we were forced to go to a tiebreaker because we, at first I said, we'll just go to the college football playoffs and I was in the tiebreaker. Will at Wilson 27 was in the tiebreaker. 
And then APS Blitz 1 picks 2, that was their name, was in the tiebreaker as well. We all went 2 of 3 on the playoffs so that I just counted myself out of it. I said, you know what? I'm not going to win. Let's have someone else win this game. So I judged it off the New Year's 6 bowls between at Wilson 27 and APS Blitz 1 picks 2. They both went 4 of 6 in the New Year's 6 bowls. So I was like, great, now what are we going to do? But... I looked at the national championship and APS Blitz 1, pick 2, correctly predicted the national championship, unlike at Wilson 27. So, by way of that, APS Blitz 1's pick 2 has won second place, winning that Dairy Queen gift card, has yet to claim their prize. We will be waiting. All we need is some proof of that. Otherwise, we will go to the third place, it's technically fifth place ultimately, but we will go down there and then we will pick a new winner if neither of them claim their prize. APS Blitz, ones, picks two, it's all up to you right now. If you don't claim it, at Wilson 27 gets a chance to claim it, and then if he doesn't claim it, we'll go down one bit more. So there is that. We're going to talk about the playoffs here and some of the big bowl games before we get there. Did either of you watch any just good bowl games you wanted to talk about or anything like that? I was watching the Music City Bowl. I caught the end of this one, the fourth quarter, Purdue and Tennessee. This was an absolute shootout. It was like a four-hour, 20-minute game. Ends up going to overtime. Tennessee got screwed out of a touchdown on fourth and goal. It was clearly, clearly in. They did not call it. They were first in the overtime period, so Purdue went second and made a field goal. They end up winning this game, but that was the big one that stood out to me from uh, any of the bowl games that weren't the biggest, I guess you could say. But, Johnny, were there any bowl games that stood out to you that you watched other than the big ones that we'll be talking about? Um, Not really. I mean, I watched some bowl – or the, I sh- I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Bowl, obviously, because yes. Wisconsin was there, but I just did find myself – sitting down on any bowl games unless it was any of the New Year's Six of the college football playoff. Drew, same for you, basically? Same for me, yep. I kind of do it though where I like pay attention. If I see a close one, then I'll turn it on. I'll be like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I won't sit down and watch like a full bowl game of anyone that I'm not too interested in other than the big games, obviously. So let's go to January 1st where we saw the New Year's Six Bowls. We're going to start with the college football playoffs, we'll go back to the 31st, actually, where we saw Alabama beat Cincinnati 27-6. to It was another one of those games where it really wasn't close at all. It was 7-3 after the first quarter, and we're like, all right, Bama's starting slow. Cincinnati just had no offense whatsoever. Then it was 17-3 to at the half. Cincinnati made a field goal in the third quarter, make it 17-6, but then a 10-point Fourth quarter for Alabama gets them the 27 to 6 win. And that was all they needed. Desmond Ritter, 17 of 32 for 144 for the Bearcats. Jerome Ford led the way with 15 carries, 77 yards, but to not put up a touchdown in the semifinals, that is not good at all. Bryce Young finished 17 of 28, 181 yards, three touchdowns to one interception, but it was Robinson Jr., 26 carries, 204. Four yards that really, really sealed the deal. Trey Sanders, 14 carries for 67 yards, but ultimately Alabama wins big in the first college football playoff. And then Georgia, Michigan, 
going to be honest, I didn't watch this game and I didn't really need to either because after the first quarter, 14 nothing Georgia leading at halftime, 27 to 3 they were leading. It finished 34-11, but it just an unimpressive performance for Michigan all around. Stetson Bennett, 21 of 31, 310 yards and three touchdowns. A beautiful, beautiful game for him in the semifinal. And McNamara, 11 of 19, 106 yards, two interceptions. Not good at all. Johnny, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the semifinals, as I mentioned in the open, both blowouts. <laughs> You're right. And I held my breath to Cincinnati of pulling on early in the first quarter. They did. As did I. I was goal. watching it work, and then it was like, nope, giving up. Yeah, they did miss a field goal in the first half, too, which probably wasn't the best confidence booster for them. But And even when it was still 17-6, to 6, I was like, maybe, just maybe. But they could not move the ball whatsoever, and field goals aren't going to get you worth anything. And for – Watching the trophy presentation of that game, Al, or Nick Saban just looked like, like he wasn't even happy with his team. He, he was like, all right, yeah, we did that. Like, all, all the players were excited, but Saban, I think, knew he had it before the game even started. But a game we were all looking forward to, the Georgia-Michigan one, that I did not expect to be this much of a blowout. I mean, Stetson Bennett, don't get me wrong, he's one played great this, the whole postseason, but for Michigan – um, obviously, McIntyre only threw for 100 yards and just not a good performance from them. Their defense could not contain anything, and nor could they put points on the board. Yeah, for, for me then, um, I, I mean, I had both these games. I had Alabama winning by a blowout, Georgia winning by a blowout. So wasn't really shocked by either of these results. I think, you know, these SEC teams in the college football playoffs are just absolute powerhouses when they match up against – you know, what's for example here, we see a big 10 team and then we also see a, a, a not, not a power five team in it. So that's certainly you know, Alabama. Like they had the, like you said, Saban had it, thought they won it before they started. And yeah, they basically did there. And, you know, and then we see two sec teams battle it out in the college football championship. This is what we predicted, right? When we had our start, we said it was pretty much going to be Alabama, Georgia, the rematch. And then we all predicted Alabama to win, which we'll talk about at the end. Obviously, we know it didn't happen that way. Other New Year's Six Bowls, did you guys want to mention the Peach Bowl, Michigan State beating Pittsburgh 31-21, and then the Sugar Bowl, Baylor beating Ole Miss 21-7. I don't know if either of you watched any of those games. Those are the other two that weren't close, but I do want to talk about the Fiesta Bowl and the Rose Bowl, which were a little closer. So up to you. Let's do what you just – Yeah, I, I like the way you want to go about it. The Rose Bowl certainly one we got to talk about. Let's start with it. This Rose Bowl, Ohio State and Utah, this was something else. Utah started out on top, 14-0, and we were like, okay, Ohio State might be going down. Then, in the second quarter, 42 combined points. Both teams put up 21. So if you're doing the math at home, Utah is up 35-21 at the half. Ohio State comes back in the second half outscores them 27 to 10 they win 48 45 on a last second field goal this Rose Bowl was one to remember rising of Utah 17 of 22 214 yards with two touchdowns their leading rusher was indeed him 11 carries 92 yards they also had Thomas 18 carries 67 yards I mean they had one two three four five six players 
with over 10 rushing yards, which is just huge, huge stuff. CJ Stroud, 37 of 46, threw the ball 46 times, 573 yards, six touchdowns to one interception. Smith Nabaya, 15 receptions, 297 yards, and three touchdowns. Harrison Jr. also had three touchdowns, but on just 71 yards, Drew. This Rose Bowl, 48-45 win for Ohio State. Video game numbers from OSU. For sure, and yeah, the guy you mentioned is Smith Najigba. Certainly had um, one of the top games you'll see for a college football you know, receiver and just look at, he's not eligible to be drafted or in this upcoming draft, but certainly the next year, all eyes will be on him as a receiver. He was torching that, that secondary for Utah. And it was just a great game to watch, you know, being a high scoring affair. That's certainly what you want to see out of a, out of a college football bowl game for sure. And it, it was just a fun game. You know, it was electric. It's the Rose bowl. They, they got the parade going at the start and just great atmosphere. And, yeah, an exciting game and all, all in all. Johnny, you watched this one, I hope, right? Absolutely. Good. Unfortunately, unfortunately the Buckeyes didn't go down like I had initially hoped. Um, it was a very exciting game. And, I mean, you got to respect what Smith, Smith Jubaya did, putting up that much yards and that many touchdowns and what C.J. Stroh did from the throwing perspective. But – Defensively, there's just nothing there. That's kind of – I don't mind, though, in a game like this. I mean, if it's going to be a big-time bowl game, it's kind of what I want. I just kind of want all out and just give me a shootout. I don't care if it's four hours. As long as it's a good and entertaining game, that's really all that matters to me, and that's what we got. So let's do it here. We're going to talk about Notre Dame, Oklahoma State real quick, just mentioning that – This one was the Fiesta Bowl, 37-35 win for Oklahoma State. And Notre Dame, they obviously have Jack Cohn, 509 yards he throws for in a losing effort. Five touchdowns to one interception. He threw the ball 68 times, three receivers, over 100 yards. Oklahoma State, 51 attempts for Sanders, 371 yards, four touchdowns. They had Sanders, who also ran for 125 yards, and then Warren ran for 82 as well. So not a whole lot of defense in this one either. Did either of you watch this master performance from the former Badger quarterback? Uh, I'll, I'll start. I, I didn't catch – I don't think I caught any of that game, but certainly, you know, Wisconsin, another thing they're kicking themselves over is not letting Jack Cohn and him entering the transfer portal – Going to Notre Dame, certainly a guy who you really wanted under center this year for the Badgers. That could have been game-changing. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but just looking at what Jack Cohen did against Oklahoma State and really all year for Notre Dame, you can't help but think what could have been. Yeah, exactly. That's where we're kind of stuck right now with our quarterback situation. And you look at this, and if we have a top five defense in the league, and then Jack Ode, if he's putting up these numbers, could mean the Heisman consideration. That could have certainly put us at another tier above in an entirely different situation. National championship time. Let's talk about it. I think we, the whole world was happy to see that Georgia ended their drought beating Alabama 33-18 in 
in the national championship game, Alabama started out, they were leading. They were up 9-6 at the half, but a 20-point fourth quarter set up Georgia for the big 15-point win. Bama had just nine points in the first half and nine in the second half. Not enough. Stetson Bennett, 17 of 26, 224 yards, two touchdowns. He was the focus of this game. Everyone was talking about him and his story, being a walk-on here, going to junior college here, transfer this, transfer that. I mean, that was the whole story, and this kid wasn't the underdog, and he stepped up when he needed to. They also had two rushers of over 75 yards, Cook with 77 and White with 84, but overall fantastic effort from the Bulldogs. Bryce Young was forced to throw the ball 57 times. He ended up with two interceptions to just one touchdown, 369 yards on the day. 22 carries for 68 yards for Robinson Jr. He was their only rusher with positive yards other than Sanders, who had five. But really, they were just, Georgia was shutting down the run game. And Drew, 33-18, Georgia wins the national championship. I think we all kind of agreed that if anyone was going to beat Alabama, it was going to be Georgia. And boy, are we glad to see it. Yeah, we, we really are. And, uh, you know, Alabama played, I know the score's not in their favor, but if you just look at some of these stats here, Alabama easily could have won the game. I know they lost by 15 here, but, they, you know, at 28 t- more total plays, they had 89 plays compared to Georgia's 61. Looking at it too, net yards passing, they had 326 compared to Georgia's 178. And then just net yards rushing that Georgia had a significant edge there with 110 more, but uh, Alabama had two, 22 first downs compared to Georgia's 20. And then they also they had in comparisons of net yards, 356 to 318. So just want to point that out where, you know, it's not like Alabama played didn't play bad here at all. You know, they easily could have, other than that pick, pick six in the end, that fourth quarter collapse, I'd say kind of was uh, certainly the turning point here. But happy Georgia won. You know, they, they deserved it. And glad to see Alabama go down. But I don't know about, like, next year, you know, with Bryce Young returning and just the likelihood of them falling down again. Not sure if it's something that might, might happen. But, hey, congrats. Hats off to the Bulldogs. And also, Johnny, do you think that Alabama, if they had their top receivers healthy and not hurt, do you think they would have won this game or at least been a little better off and they could have converted for touchdowns more often? Yeah, I'm going back to what Drew said about Alabama winning the stat line. It was all about converting. I knew like during the game as Alabama proceeded to sell for field goals, I told myself, this is what Georgia needs to stay in it somehow. And yeah, like you said, Jordan, the Falling of their top receivers definitely provided droughts on the scoring aspect of touchdowns, but that's ultimately what kept Georgia in it. And really, they only gave up one touchdown. That's correct, right? Yes. Yeah, ultimately, that's what won it for Georgia, their defense, and just not letting Alabama convert on anything. Because, yeah, Alabama did run more plays. They did get more first downs. They did get more yards, but they just weren't able to come away. And, um, the pick six at the end by, what was it, Kelly Ringo for Georgia. I was in Alabama at the time for my track training trip. And just when that happened, I ran out of our beach house and screamed <laughs> for the Alabama natives to hear that they were that they were about to go down. And it was, I sat through every play of that game and it was, it, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. It was a great game to watch. 
the pick six definitely sealed it. Johnny, you can go first here. Were you surprised it wasn't a shootout? Because, I mean, we didn't have a touchdown until the second half. If it wasn't for that fourth quarter, we wouldn't have had a whole lot of touchdowns. I am surprised it wasn't the shootout. I mean, these two SEC schools have a lot of speed, but I feel like if it were to be a shootout, it would not be in Georgia's favor. So although my buddies around me watching the game were like, oh, this is boring, all we're seeing is field goals, I was like, this is what Georgia needs to like, find a way to pull it off, and lo and behold. They did it. And Drew, I'll, any other comments? I'll go with that. I think, yeah, certainly. Johnny hit it right on the nose. I think if this is a shootout, Alabama certainly, you know, that's the game they want to play. They they want to get make this a high scoring affair with that electric offense that they have, and that that was their way to win. And I, you know, originally going in the game, I was thinking both teams some scores in the thirties. You know, we saw Georgia hit the thirty three point mark. I was thinking we get maybe thirty eight or something out of Alabama was kind of my prediction. See him in the high thirties, but hey, Alabama got held to eighteen by the Georgia's defense, and at the end of the day, that's what got him the dub. It did indeed, and Stetson Bennett, credit to that kid. I mean, just seeing the emotion from him after the game. And Johnny mentioned it before, but Saban, after this game, he, like, barely looked phased. He didn't look, like, sad. He didn't look upset. He was just, like, content, and he was there. I mean, he's been here so many times before. It's, like, it's not that this bothers him anymore. It doesn't phase him. And this is his protege, who's head coaching on the opposite side and wins it. But, man, just to see Nick Saban like that, it was interesting. Not a whole lot of emotion from him after the game. But Georgia wins the national championship 33-18. Glad we got Johnny on to talk about it. Johnny, if you have any other final comments, you can go ahead and say them. Otherwise, shout the people out. Let them know where they can find you and let them know where your live streams are that you're announcing on. Well, thank you, Jordan. Well, I mean, lo and behold, it was a very interesting college football season. First full season back after the COVID year. So it was good. To see that again um, Saturdays will always be dedicated to college football and yeah so going forward um, you can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Tim um, Johnny spelled J-O-N-N-Y um, I've had a lot of misspellings growing up <laughs> and yeah, Jordan then... knows all about it oh yeah <laughs> you and me both buddy and then Instagram Johnny Tim 25 all lowercase and then for Live streams my broadcast um, tonight. Well, I guess this will be uploaded tomorrow, but you can find really any home men's ba- men's or women's basketball game for St. Edward Athletics on the website. Live stream links should be available. I also share the links on Twitter, so you can find that there as well. All the replays stay up there? Uh, I think so. That's nice. Not, I wish it was like that web- for radio. Not on the websites, but they're in the links that I share. So you okay. can click on those links and then you can always go back to them. Hey, either way, that's awesome. And you always have it to go back off of. Drew, shout yourself out. Yeah, you guys know the drill for me. Social media is Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. That's Jordan, it. Yeah, that's it. Jordan Drew, the sports crew on YouTube and on Facebook. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on Instagram. Obviously, if you didn't listen to the EWC episode yesterday, we talked all about the expansion and what we're going to try and do with this. Just we're looking for writers and things like that we're planning big things for the ewc page tomorrow journey to a million jd sports pod on twitter as well i'm jordan law underscore pxp on twitter and we thank you all for listening to this episode of our college football playoff recap thank you for listening to another edition of jordan drew the sports crew the perfect podcast for you